Uh, welcome to the Aussie Villains Podcast. It's been a couple of weeks. Apologise, it's Paul, one of the co-hosts. Haven't been too well lately, but what a way to get better with Villa just on a run in the last week. We're going to talk a little bit about Hibs. We're going to talk about the Everton. We're going to talk about the uh, win on the weekend against Burnley. It's all coming up Millhouse on the Aussie Villains Podcast. You can get us on Facebook and Twitter. You can get us at Aussie Villains on Twitter. Get us at Australian Fans of Villa on Facebook and join our group there as well. We will post a lot of our questions up on Twitter uh, and times just before we do our podcast. This is the Aussie Villains Podcast. Oh, what a good time to be a villain. Villains podcast. It's Paul. It's Tess. It's Rhino. Spud unfortunately couldn't make it tonight, but he is obviously one of the co-hosts. How are we, boys? Very well, thanks, mate. Good to be back on. It's so good to be back on. I haven't actually spoken to you guys in person for such a long time, so mm-hmm. really, really good to be back. Yeah. How are you we'll, going, Paul? Oh, look, we're getting now. Just a little bit of a public service announcement. My health hasn't been fantastic lately. The boys were prepared to do a pod at any time. So I, I, I say to people out there, apologise if we've let you down, but um, I'm back up and running and um, got a bit of a battle ahead of me. So I'm not feeling sorry for myself, but just apologies to everyone. On a brighter note, no apologies, no apologies to the people ranked in Tess's or the our Aussie Villains uh, Fantasy League. Tess, I think you've got a couple of announcements here about where people stand. Oh man! So yeah, we set the um, we set up the Aussie Villains the podcast fancy fancy league, and it's the first time we've done it. And to be honest, the the amount of people that are in it is fantastic. Um, so big shouts to everyone who actually decided to join in and have some fun with us. How many we uh, got? How many? How many you got there, mate? Roughly. So I'm looking at thirty. Mm-hmm. Thirty yeah. people at the moment, which is a nice, nice number for a mini league, um, because yeah, um, uh, there's going to be a surprise little um, something for whoever the winner is. Um, the only caveat to that is that they need to be in Australia if they're going to win um, that little prize that I've got lined up, which is secret at the moment. <laughs> but if they're from, um, over, if they're from overseas, Tess, they're also just going to have the pride of winning the comp. They have the pride of winning the comp, and, and, and to be honest, it's, we should should be fair, and and we'll see what we can do um, at the end of the season and see what happens. I'll, I'll chuck a prize in, mate, for you. I've, I, I can uh, I can always do a couple of uh, Aston Villa cards because they'll be easy. Beautiful, beautiful. That will be amazing because you're doing yep. your market as well. Um, I will guarantee that the the current leader of the Aussie Villains podcast won't be receiving. A, a prize, um, and uh, even if they stay there right up until the end. Uh, Who is whoever. that, Tess? Who is top? Oh, oh wait, wait, um, wait! Do you want to do it that way, or do you want to count down from you know ten, eleven? You don't want to give away your. No, your let's bleeding. go. Let's go. Let's go. We'll do. Well, I was going to do the top ten. Yeah, but what we'll do is we'll do the top eleven. Thank you, Tess. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why we're doing the top eleven is because the Sultans of Unai, Ryan Watkins. Is number eleven on our Thank list. Thank you. Thank you right. very much. You're doing great so far, mate. For somebody <laughs> who's new to the game, 158 <laughs> points. Um, big shouts out to our tenth place person, who is Team Superstar FC, Toby Hook. Um, we have in ninth place Saint George Villa from Nick Sambuni. Sambuni. 
Aris, Sembuni Aris. Uh, sounds like it's a Greek name or, or along those <laughs> lines. Um, 163 points. Uh, just stop Oli FC, Richard Murphy. Um, you're in number eight. In number seven, we have our very own in Unai We Trust, Mark Spud Holmes on 165 points. We have the Taco Corp. Um, Barry Rose in number six. These names are great. They're brilliant, brilliant names. Um, we've got Sultans of Unai, so not the, the Sultans of Unai. We've got Sultans of Unai, Guy Dunstan. He's sitting in number five. Um, one of our good listeners as well, um, very interactive with us on Facebook and on social media, Kamagic. So I'm going with that's like a Kamara Magic kind of yep. name there. That's Troy Asquith. Yeah, uh, 176. In number three, we've got AAFC Adrian Attard on 186 points. Sorry, Troy was on 176. Adrian's on 186. Um, we've got Sumia Deep. So Sumia Deep Matey is on 188 in second place. <laughs> and in first place, so far, on 193 points, the Aussie Villain Podcast, very own... Aston Villains, Cuban Knight, aka Tess. Tess, uh, VAR on you, mate. There's <laughs> <laughs> financial fair play involved in all this as well. <laughs> it's too late for people to join. No, absolutely not. So, um, if you do want to um, join into our um, into our fantasy league, it's never too late. I'm just going to see now if I can get the code and say it to you. Yeah. So the code is X N for November, B for Bravo. L uh, for Lima, 4-8. That's X-N-B-L-4-8 if you want to join in. Um, yep. We welcome everybody to come in and, and join our um, very first Aussie Villains, the podcast, Fancy League. Um, and, and and credit to everyone, you know, it's a, it's a great bit of fun and stuff. Um, and we've been talking about it slightly on our own WhatsApp group. So um, we look forward to having more people come in and um, send us a message Um if you want to get involved and you can't remember the code or send us a message if you just want to have some banter. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, let's get people talking on the on the socials as well and let us know who you've picked, who you've dropped and and whatnot in your fantasy teams because I need all the help I can get. <laughs> Love it. So, boys, I, I say this about any sport in the world. NFL starts in a week or so as well, which, you know, I'm a big fan of that. But so many people, make comments after one round of any sport. They proclaim the winners, they proclaim the losers, they proclaim the disappointments. And that includes our own Villa supporters, right? So we got thumped 5-1 by Newcastle, which could have been on the cards based on recent history, right? They thump us at home, we thump them at home. We got pumped. We played some really nice football, a little bit naive defensively, got pumped. Everyone made their statements, all right? A lot of people made statements. Mm -hmm. From there, we beat Everton 4-0. We beat Hibs 5-0. We beat Burnley 3-1. Really, I've got to be honest, I was pretty tired. I kept looking at the screen going, oh, we're in trouble here. Because I kept mixing up our shirts because I was so tired. (laughs) (laughs) But I would have done the same. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you now. So let's not even talk about the Newcastle game, but we went to Goodison Park. It's, but, sorry, we went to, back to Villa Park to take on Everton. And what a display that was, the 4-0. Well, tell me a bit about, you know, if you can remember back that far, guys. Uh, it's tell been... me a bit about your thoughts and, and a couple of surprises as well. It's been a lot of football, hasn't it, already, you know, being in their European competition. So, yeah, thinking back to, obviously, the Everton game, to be honest with you, the thing that still stands out for me is, you know, it's a great win for Villa, but how poor Everton were. And I just, I worry for them as a club. And, you know, they're a, a traditional club in the league. I really like Everton, got a soft spot for them. Uh, but they were really poor. But we really needed that game to bounce back. After that defeat to Newcastle, to get four goals and then keep a clean sheet to help our goal difference out is exactly what we needed. Uh, yeah, just a really good performance from us. And just, like you say, a lot of panic among the Villa fans, as there usually is um, after the first game. And we don't traditionally start off too well, do we, fellas? Opening game of the season, we're always disappointed. So we should have known. But uh, yeah, good to get back on the board. And 4-0 was um, a really good result. Yeah, I really enjoyed watching the Everton game just to see the kind of 
um, way that we were were trying to play our game and implement our game, um, the way that we did towards the end of, uh, well, for the, pretty much since the restart after World Cup. So, um, yeah, I was disappointed with the Newcastle game. Um, I didn't think we were that bad. I just think we didn't take our opportunities. And um, I felt like um, it was a little bit fresh for for some of the new signings and stuff to to bed themselves in. But then we go to Everton and, and we really stamp our authority on that game. We were patient. We were clever with our passing. Um, and we, we counter-attacked really, really well. And I think it could have probably been more than four if Pickford hadn't made quite a few decent saves, if you like. Uh, a couple of missed opportunities. But yeah, it was fantastic to see us play that way. And then I was really excited to um, see us play against Hibernian. Well, I think the thing that really stood out in the Everton game is that we, we, we played the same game that we tried against Newcastle. And we're not touching on the Newcastle game, but we looked a step off the pace against mm-hmm. Newcastle. We played mm-hmm. the same style, which is really, it just shows how much the, the players have got faith in what Unai is doing because it would have been easy to go, oh my God, that result after one week. But we got our goal difference straight back. Yeah. So it was basically even at that point in time. And then we have our first European venture in what, 12, 13 years? Oh, amazing. Um, yeah. Away to Hibs. You would have seen a lot of videos of crowd videos of Hibs supporters and Villa supporters, which really gives you the feeling there. And it got to the point where I almost felt sorry for Hibs. I'm not, I'm not even being a smart aleck. They, they came with massive expectations as well. Mm. And, and when we went 3 0 up there, I just thought, oh, this is, I think this is enough now. But we won 5 0. And um, that was a way. I just can't believe it. Watkins um, joins our very few players who've ever scored a hat trick in a European game of any style. Mm-hmm. Bale continued his good form as well. And oh, just. Unbelievable. How did you feel about that, Paul? Because Bailey's in the couple of games against Everton and against um, Hibbs, he's seemed to put out some performances. And I know um, you've had questions. Um, about Bailey's performances. What did you think of the performances? I think he did. I mean, look, we asked... I've been very uh, adamant that I didn't think he's up to it. And still, he's still got a, you know, a, a fair bit to prove. But if he can continue like that, I mean, mm. Gaffer, right? I mean, the Gaffer knows what he wants. It gives us that added depth. And uh, he still needs to do it consistently. You know, what do they say? One swallow doesn't make a summer. Yeah, um, don't just don't say that to your teenage girls. We can continue that. It just gives us the depth we're going to need going through Europe. And I, I don't mm. know about you guys, but to to get first time back to Europe and to win five nil, no one, no one could have imagined that was going to be our, our result after the first leg. I was really happy to see us go with a strong team, though. And, you know, there's a lot of talk before the game of, you know, would we rest players or would Unai go strong? Um, and he went all out. And I'm really glad he did. You know, he's just put that, you know, put the game to bed already. We've got Hibs again this week. But, you know, with a 5 mil buffer, you'd expect some some changes now. But, yeah, really happy to see, you know, a strong team. And, and, and it's good for, you know, players like Ollie Watkins. He's a confidence player. And for him to get a hat, trick would have done him the world of good same with Bailey you know he gets a goal away from home and you know he's starting to build now isn't he and starting to you know put a little bit of form together a little bit of consistency and it's going to be a long season but you know when you're scoring goals and playing like we are it's so enjoyable it's so Mm. good to be back in Europe and what about the assist from Dean unbelievable three was it three assists yeah yeah Three assists, four in two games. It's just uh, I mean, we're going back to play Hibs, um, which we'll touch on a little bit later um, this week uh, at Villa Park. And, you know, you're not going to take it for granted. I can't. I know we'll play a different squad, but they're not going to take it for granted. But wouldn't it be nice just to put a nice early little settler away? Yeah, I, I think Emery's main focus um, before the first leg of the Hibs game was that, you know, they go in there and they're going to respect Hibs. And by respect, he means I'm putting out a full team, a full strength squad um, to go and play these guys in Europe in, in, in seasons when we've been in Europe before, you know, we've maybe not respected um, or in, in league cups, etc. And um, we haven't really respected certain teams by making a lot of changes. 
I guess at that time, you know, the priority was the Premier League, but um, he's shown that he wants this team to be ruthless. And that's what we're demonstrating at the moment. You know, you can only beat who's in front of you. Um, but we, we showed respect to, to Hibernian by playing a full-strength squad. And it showed that we are heaps above um, what they currently are. But they still, you know, they still had a go. And um, from what I could see when I was watching the game, using the VPN and watching it on BBC iPlayer, <laughs> um, it, it looked like a really good atmosphere as well. Um John McGinn, very quiet that game, but I think that was also part of his respect, you know, pretty much, um, as he said, stood still for most of the game and just uh, did all the link-up and everything else and everybody else just did all their work. So, um, yeah, yeah, really good. And I like the way that Emery's respecting and and talking about respecting other teams because um, he doesn't want this team to start taking things for granted because we want consistency. Mm. And I think dude, all that hard work at the the back end of last season, you know, to get into Europe and push in there, to to lose or to go out in the qualifying stages would just be heartbreaking, wouldn't it? So, I, yeah, I'm so glad he just went for it. Well, yeah. Hibs, are in, Hibs are in big trouble already in the Scottish Premier League. They're bottom of the ladder, three losses. They've conceded eight goals. I think we'll put a few more past. I think we'll score three or four against them. They've, uh, they've just they've sacked set- their manager too. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there might be a bounce-back response there. But a 5-0 down, it's not going to be... I don't mm. think uh, I don't think it's going to last too long, that response. I would still like us at Villa Park to put a strong showing out. Yeah. Um, not to, to try and, you know, um, embarrass or anything. Like that. I still... I think the Villa supporters who are going to be going to the game um, deserve to see, you know, um, a, a decent side go out to finish the job. And even if it means some of them only may you know get half a game to preserve themselves ready for the following following match, um, I'd still like to see a, a pretty decent squad out there. I I think with you know being the last week of the window, I think we'll see a few of the fringe players get some minutes, and I think with an eye on Liverpool as well, which is a massive game on the Sunday, um, I do think we'll see a few changes. But I I still think, like you say, that there'll be a, a good. Um, smattering of, of you know first team players in there, but just with a few of the um, the fringe players then as well. Mm. No, look exactly right. Uh, we go to Burnley, um, go to Turf Moor, and a lot of people would say that would be a really tough um, uh, match there. And there was a couple of pivotal moments there, but to win three um, one, and, and look, Matty Cash. Oh, he was so unlucky not to get a hat-trick. It was an unbelievable mm. first-half performance. And I thought he was extremely unlucky not to, uh, to get a hat-trick. He deserved well, it. He definitely deserved it. And he could have had it, but for a brilliant save um, from, from Trafford, I think it is the yeah. keeper. Yeah. Um, so he could have had his hat-trick, but there was a brilliant save made. Um, but, you know, it, it, it was really nice to see um, Cash play in that sort of more forward position, away from home. Um there was talk, you know, about whether Bailey's a, a Villa Park player and not really an away player. But Kashi was given a job to do and didn't he execute it brilliantly? I mean, he that's the, probably the best I've seen him play in such a long time. Um, but be it in a different role. And he showed what he's capable of. And if he's needed there, then um, he can come in and do a job for sure. I think so that's... I think the four, oh, sorry, Paul, you go. I was just going to say, what if there was one player who came on who I think is going to be extremely good and could almost be a striker for us instead of a midfielder. He came on, Niccolo came on, Saniolo, and I thought he could have given two goals. Who I thought he was a little bit selfish. He's, I know mm. that's silly. You're coming on, you want to prove yourself. But, I mean, he had Watkins on a plate. Um, to put us up 4-1. I'm not sure what you guys thought about that, but I was actually a tiny bit... I really enjoyed his footwork. I was really disappointed in his selfishness. That was... That's my only negative from that game. I mean... Sorry, Ryan, you were going to go just there. Sorry. No, you go, mate. You go. Oh, I was just going to say, like, I agree. I agree that moment was selfish. I think the game was um, pretty... We were pretty much won then. Um, And... I, I noticed that he, he really wanted to stamp his mark and, and, and get a goal and a bit selfish. But I, I did see that, you know, when he did miss it, Watkins and all the other players did go around him and give him a pat on the back and, you know, for having the effort and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, 
but it would have been nice to it would have been nice if he you know the assist would have been great if he could have um, just dropped it into Watkins who was in acres um but it was not it was nice to see him come on um he looked strong he looked powerful um found a pass tried to hold on to the ball um yeah it'd be really interesting to see how he goes over over the next few games when he gets some minutes um it looks like he's match fit as well and doesn't he have a thunder shot on him like yeah that shot that he took whistled over the bar I was like jeez it's got about 200 miles an hour no, I loved it. Uh, over to you there, Rhino. Absolutely. Yeah, a few of my positives. I, I really like the three at the back. And just going back to what Tessie was saying, the formation of three, five, two, one was a bit of a change up for us. So we had three centre backs, you know, Conza, Carlos, and Torres there, which allowed uh, Cashy and Luca Dean to push further forward. And to be honest with you, both of those players are probably better wing backs than they are, you know, deeper lying left back and right back because offensively and you know cash is a converted midfielder to a defender and we know luca dean is a weapon going forward so i think that sort that new formation suits a lot of our players i thought esri konza looked really good at the at, you know on the the right edge of the back three and i just thought the mix of Conza, Torres and Carlos as a back three just looks really balanced. And I really enjoyed watching those three. Um, they all had um, great games for me. Um, the only thing was obviously the goal for Burnley is Torres mm. sort of showing his man inside and um, good finish from the Burnley striker, but shouldn't be showing him inside. Mm. Uh, Cash's second goal, just got to touch on that. And, you know, mm. it's all over Twitter. The 19 touches for us, you know, and we, it's unreal seeing us playing like this, just keeping the ball, building. We get, you know, Ollie Watkins dropping deep. Pau Torres picks him out. You know, we've got runners from everywhere. Diaby and Kamara with bits of magic. But the most pleasing thing is the patience for me is we're building, but we're not rushing or trying to force a pass. In that second goal for Cash, we end up going into the final third. There's nothing on. We end up going all the way back into just inside our own half to Carlos and then going again, and then we break through and score. So the patience and just the build-up play is just unbelievable to watch. No. And but- a special mention for Bubakar Kamara. He's been very quiet and looked off the pace, but against Burnley, back to his Rolls-Royce best for me. Just just dominating, just winning the ball, and just, just a real classy player. I know it's going to sound silly, but that result against Newcastle, if we look, we're going to look back at the end of the year, at the end of the season, and we're going to say, you know, that was what we needed almost. I know it sounds silly, mm. but, but the, they, was, they were off the pace. Anytime Newcastle tried to pressure them, we were making mistakes we would have made the past few years. And, and it's almost like uh, Emery has said to them, don't worry about it. Still play that way. We'll, we'll be fine. And, and it, do you know what I mean? It really will yeah. be. Uh, they, they believed that because – we were off the pace in that Newcastle game. Everything we did was just that step behind and, and we were making mistakes nonstop. So I know it sounds silly. Losing 5-1 might be the best thing that ever happened, but I do believe, I really do believe that. Yeah. And look, um, we got our, our backsides handed to us in that game, um, but it was up to the players then to step up. And in the three matches that they've played since, um They've 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 shown and demonstrated that they they're not the team of the past where we just crumble and fall apart. Mm. We don't have that consistency. So from Sunday to Sunday, guys, Sunday to Sunday, we saw three games. We saw twelve goals from Villa. Defeated. <laughs> it, it's just uh, look. We I don't know how many shots. I think we had thirteen shots against Everton, which shows that. You know, we've had previous years, we've had 20-odd shots and, and barely scored, right? So we had 13 shots um, against Everton. Uh, against Hibs, we win 5-0. Um, but there was a reason I was bringing that up. There, it was a pretty similar amount of shots in that game, about 13 to 15 shots, even though we won 5-0. Uh, and then against Burnley, um, I deliberately wanted to go through this and just, you know, I was going through things. And then we had 16 shots. So we've had way more shots in other seasons, haven't we? Mm, I, yeah. I was trying to point out that the quality of the team, 
we've had less than 20 shots and we've scored 12 goals. Yeah, I think the additions, though, like you guys have touched on, Zaniolo looks a a real player, but Moussa Diaby, though, like, I think that's a real reason as well that our attack is looking so potent because obviously Watkins is... Scored a, scored a hat-trick in Europe, but hasn't scored in the league yet. But Diaby's just hit the ground running, hasn't he? And and that's the kind of player now, that next-level player we were all talking about in the summer, someone with that just just push us on to the next level. And he looks like that player. He's settled in really well, and he's taken, you know, he's taken to the Premier League quickly. So, yeah, we, we, look, we look really potent in attack. Can I just give a shout out to Traore against Hibernian? Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> Bertie, Bertie came on and took Bertie's. He just took absolute liberties with one of the. Um, it was just sorry. I have to laugh because I found it really hilarious. Um, I didn't expect it. He came on, you know, and he's he's dribbling the ball and he's cut inside and he's just left this defender on his backside and and won the penalty. And I just I. I just thought it was a great bit of play, um, and then he tried to do it the other day as well. It didn't quite come off, but um, he had them. He had them on toast, didn't he, when he came on? Yeah, yeah. Well, guys, let's go to some. Um, let's go to some questions from people. So on our Twitter feed, Aussie Villains, uh, capital A, capital V. Uh, Paul Albert Holtzender O two says, having shipped out young players recently, do you feel that we have sufficient depth of squad for the coming season, or if not, what positions do you feel need reinforcement right now? Um, I just want to say, and it'll come into a similar question, guys. I think we've shipped out some of these young players for very good prices with buyback clauses. It's amazing what we've actually achieved. Mm-hmm. And I think we do know there's some reinforcements needed there. Um, definitely up forward is going to be yep. one. But the way we're playing, the, the reliance on, on an, another forward is probably less than what we've needed in the past. Yeah. yeah. Right. Sorry, mate. Uh, yeah, I think definitely, yeah, like you say, with the, the additions of Diaby, like we just touched on Zaniolo, these attacking players, maybe not out-and-out strikers, but definitely threats and will be chipping in with goals, which is probably something we haven't been strong with in previous seasons is, you know, a lot of goals coming from midfield. Um, but, yeah, I think I would still love to see a striker in there for competition for Ollie Watkins and obviously John Duran. Uh, but for me, I think a right back would be another position where I'm mm. I'm sort of looking that I know Konza can fill in there, but I would love to see uh, another specialist right back come in just yeah, for agree. competition for cash. I'll agree as well. I feel like the only thing that I guess, um, from my opinion, um, is that I don't think we should overinflate the squad because I felt like Emery worked really well with a smaller squad, even last season, I know we've got a lot of games this season potentially, in in terms of how we travel in the in the cups, etc. Um, but I, I do think it's going to be difficult to try and bring in a striker um, as such, yeah. and I think probably someone like um, DRB. If Watkins got injured, injured for example, I think either DRB or Zaniolo uh, could be play up front as striker. If, well, Duran is obviously the next in line. I think uh, in in that in that term, mm. um, I think he's still a little bit raw. Even though he scored a goal the other day, you know his English is starting to get a little bit better. He did his first uh, AVFC um, interview in English, so you can see that you know all that kind of stuff is needs to come in. And I think Emery's trying to get him to do that, and that's why he's protecting him to have a better understanding. So, and definitely a right back. Um, yeah. I, I think that position is probably more important um, than any of the other positions. Because I think we're pretty good in midfield. You know, we've got Tielemans, yeah. Dougie, we've got um, Kamara, obviously. Um, we've got John McGinn. We've got um, uh, Chambers who can play there. Tim Erigbenum, if he comes back, is somebody who possibly could fit in if we were, you know, really struggling for, for midfielders. Um but what we don't want to do is sort of run out of um, defenders. Um, and, you know, Konza's doing a really good job in playing in that three system and playing more of the right back. That just means that somebody has to come back and help him out down that side, mm-hmm. um, which was what Cash was doing, which was re- really, really good. So I think a right back would be necessary. If we could get somebody who maybe an attacking midfielder who could also play a striker, I think that would give us a good balance. Um, I know no, I- 
I bagged Zaniola on his um, selfishness the other day, but he actually looks like a natural striker. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think he can finish. Um, and and I watched some YouTube clips. I know YouTube clips make everyone look great, but he's a he's a big, strong guy and uh, pretty tall. What six foot three or something like that? He's quick. Yeah. He's strong. He can head the ball. And we don't really have anyone who's really. I say that now after we scored three goals against Hibs with headers, but. You know, we don't really have one of those commanding strikers who can just get his head on the ball, just, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I don't know if it should be a striker striker. I'm, I'm going to go with um, Sandy Alarm. Just somebody who's like an attacking midfielder who can potentially play as a striker if if, if required. Yeah, good call. Yeah. Um, Jay Rose, uh, Jay Rovilla, he goes, not a question, but an observation. How smart is... Uh, Emery inserting buyback clauses for Ramsey and Archer. You don't see this too often from other big clubs. Shows that the owners are thinking long term. The project is real. I, I, that's what I was touching on before. These buyback clauses that we've put into these um, contracts, whether they ever come back or not, um, I just think it's amazing business, and we've earned good stick from it as well, good money for it as well. Yeah, I think uh, I slightly disagree with the with the with the statement. I think all the big, a lot of the big clubs actually do do that. They get rid of yeah. their um, their sort of young players or fringe players, and if they believe in them, then they'll in, they'll put in that sort of buyback clause. Um, Dougie Louise was also one of those, you know. Yeah. Um, and at the time, he was playing in the Villa side, which wasn't really doing great things, and so he wasn't able to show his potential which I'm really glad of because at the moment he is an absolute, absolute diamond in, yeah. in our midfield. Um, I could see him one day, like if he's, if we start staying in Europe and we and we get a trophy or something, I can actually see him wanting to stay at the club and eventually become like a captain or something. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So I, I think. Oh, sorry. Keep going, mate. Go, go, go. <laughs> sorry, mate. Yeah, I just think it's really good business. You know, Aaron Ramsey's gone to Burnley for you know twelve million or fourteen million, wherever you're reading it, and you know hasn't played a Premier League minute for Villa. That's 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 really good business for us. And and the buyback clause is just a bit of insurance, isn't it? And you know, you look at the outgoings now, and a lot of these young guys are going out. But if you you know if we need to balance the books, don't we? If we're going to be bringing players in, we've got to we've got an inflated squad we've got a lot of youngsters there and I think it's it's smart by the club I think putting the buyback clauses in Chelsea Man City have done it for years and have always prospered from it I don't think these players are likely to come back but it doesn't hurt having the um the buyback clause oh, yeah. and Archer Archer 18 million so that's 30 million dollars for players who wouldn't necessarily have even got a game this year yeah, yeah. um and and you know what do we buy power Torres for 30 yeah, so we got that kind of money back, you know. So so far, what have we spent really? Um, we'd spent money on DRB, and um, we've got what's his name, Canioli on loan. Um, yeah. So yeah, really good business, and we have to, and we have to um, do that kind of stuff. The club's moving forward, and the players that have gone haven't really played a part in what we've been doing to progress so far. Do you know what I mean? So, um, it, I think it makes sense. And I think there's some good business we've done there. Has has um has Philogene gone as well? Not quite. I know he's he's close to moving to Hull, and then I think Keenan Davis is the other one who's close to moving to Swansea. Yeah. So there's a couple of deals there that I think will get done in the next few days, and yeah, they'll they'll sort of be out the door then. And 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 just on the press conference the other day, you know, um, Emery was like, "We're going to be smart and." I think if there's a player available on transfer deadline, I think they'll go for them. Um, and I'm not going to mention any names like Jao Felix or Ansu Fati or anyone like that. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you tease, you tease, Des. Um, but I think if if there's if there's a, a little deal to to bring somebody who can have an impact in the team, I think the club will go for it. Yeah, I agree. Um, we'll go to our Aussie Villains podcast and Villa chat group um, where we posted up some um, the same thing. And um, Chef Donishy, Josh Donishy, a long-time listener, always comes out with a good question. Joshy. Josh. He, he said exactly what we did. In Newcastle's a kick up the arse. I know it will be brought up. I think the Liverpool, uh, Liverpool game will be close. So we'll struggle with our attack and we will run the midfield. How do you guys feel about the start of the season? So we'll touch on the Liverpool game in a moment. Um, 
I'm absolutely over the moon with the start of this season. I'm looking at the squad depth. I'm looking at the style of play, the belief that the players have and how they're celebrating. And I really believe something. And I'm a, I'm a glass half empty guy. I believe something extremely special is brewing at Villa right now. Mm. I, I'm, I'm going to come out with it. We are going, oh, I, I'm going to say it. I've never oh been to Aussie five. Oh, my God. Woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make the Champions League. Big call. We're going to beat Liverpool this weekend, which we'll touch on. And teams are going to really stress about how to take us on. Um, They're going to start pressing us like Newcastle did. And we know it's going to happen. And we're going to play the balls over the top to fast midfielders. And we're going to finish fourth. And we're going to be in the Champions League. There you go. I love that. Um, so this was, yeah, I love that. Um, I'm looking forward to listening back to this podcast and be like, damn it, Paul, I'm going to have to buy you two pints. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah. So, um, what was the question? Sorry. Really, really the question is, how do you guys feel about the start of the season? Really, really pleased with the, with the start of the season. I don't think we're going to go and win every single game this season. Um, I'm already prepared for that. There are going to be teams that we're going to lose to. We we may have off days or we may be short with injuries or anything. But all I'm really happy about is seeing that we are actually playing a nice brand of football. When you watch a game, whether we're going to win or lose, every single player to a man knows what they're supposed to be doing out there. Mm-hmm. And you can see it. And there'll, there'll be times where we haven't just got enough um, to win games. But what pleases me most is that we have a plan. Um, we're executing that plan. The players are bought into it. They're having a relationship and trying to be in touch with the supporters as much as they can do. Even the smallest like Instagram things that they do, little messages up the villa and blah, blah, blah. The interviews that they're doing. Um, I'm just really pleased to see that as a football club, from the owners downwards, it just looks like we're on a, on a, on a really good traje- trajectory. Um, and I think there's going to be plenty more to come, um, whether it's this season or moving into next season when we're, I think by the time next season comes, we'll be competing with the top three, four for sure. Mm. Very hard to complain about the start of the season, isn't it? And for me, I guess the most pleasing thing is is the, the manner that we're winning games. And, you know, we've got a few new players in who have settled in really quickly. But I, I, I think there's lots more to come. I think some of these players, Diaby, Zaniolo, uh, you know, even Diego Carlos coming back in is like a new player because, he, you know, he hasn't played any games for Villa and they're, they're settling in. But I think more game time into these guys and the more time they play together, the understanding is just going to go you know, up and yeah, really excited. I just expected a reaction though after the Newcastle game with Emery in charge. You just know the standards of the club now are through the roof, and he's not going to stand for that sort of stuff. And we're just a different beast now. Um, the Burnley game is, you know, one example of how Emery sort of changed our mindset. You know, we concede a goal two minutes after half time. But we don't crumble, you know, we dig in, we keep playing, we stick to the plan, we don't panic and we just keep doing what we're doing. In years gone by, that would have been, you know, Burnley would have come back and beaten us 3-2. We would have just crumbled in that second half and just sat really deep and left and come on us. So for me, just really pleased with the start. I think there's lots more to come. Guys, there's only one team who scored um, more goals this season um, and that's Brighton. And the, so I suppose that's something to think about as well. And so after the first game, when, you know, four, negative four goals, a lot of negative press. But I, when I reflect, Villa supporters can be pretty down on the team, right? But it probably wasn't as bad as I really expected upon reflection. Boys, we're one point off second. Yeah. I mean... I don't think we could ask for much more. If someone had said, regardless of the results after the first three games, um, you'll be a point off off second. I think we would have all taken that no matter what had uh, transpired to get there. Definitely. Mm. Yeah, especially um, with the teams, you know, with teams like Manchester City and Arsenal. Um, I, you know, we I think we're in a in a really good place at the moment, um, considering. Um, the, we lost the first game and it's sort of playing catch up and then 
you know, there was a little bit of worry. I mean, I've, I haven't been posting on it um, that much of late just recently to do with Villa because um, I, I, I find there's sometimes a bit of negativity that I want to stay away from. But, you know, in the second game, uh, we, we bring that goal difference right back. And then uh, we go against Burnley, who, you know, it was really an unknown team, in my opinion, because we didn't. I didn't really see them play in the championship. And yeah. I know they've won by a canter, but they... Um, we don't know what they're like in the Premier League. So, um, and this was their second game. So uh, I didn't know what to expect, but I did, you know, expect a Villa. I did expect a Villa win. And, and, and the other thing, guys, to put it in perspective, you know, Newcastle had that 5-1 win. They've had two uh, pretty unlucky losses. And so they're a game behind us now. So they beat us 5-1, but they're three points behind us. So it's just going to be one of those seasons. Um Guys, we, we have another question before we'll t- touch on the Liverpool game and finish off the pod. Um, and it's from Mark Smith, and Smithy is one of our favourites, one of our originals. He's in Australia. I just yeah. Yeah. yeah, welcome to Australia, buddy. He's in, uh, is he in Alice Springs at the moment? Yeah, he Ezra, is. Yep. Ezra, he was, um, he was, I told him if he comes to Brisbane that he should just let me know and I'll go meet him for a pipe. Hundred yeah. percent. Same in Melbourne, Smithy. If you're about or you head this way, let me know. I'll come for a beer. Yeah, I'll, I'll be joining uh, Tess and and Smithy for that uh, that point. I might only have one, boys, but uh, I'll still have it. Um, <laughs> he's written, hi guys. As you're aware, I'm currently in Australia and have been unable to watch games thus far. Uh, more because he's travelling around. So, who has been your standout player so far? We'll, we'll cover this one. I'm going to say Diaby for me. Mm. I'm going to go John McGinn. Um, he's just been sensational for me. Start of this season, taken you know where he left off last season, just continued. And you know Diaby's. Um, I would have said Diaby as well, but I'm going to go something different. So I'm going to go McGinn. Can I just go back to Diaby before Tess answers? I just can't believe we're going to play with this quality at our. Club. Oh, unbelievable! Yeah, I'm just in. I'm kind of in shock. <laughs> just over <laughs> you. What a signing. Yep. Unreal. I mean, um, I don't think it's fair, Paul, that you only allow us to choose one player. Uh, no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's fair. Because as a unit... Don't do, I, it. Don't do it, mate. Okay, thank you. Um, DRB, Louise, Konza. <laughs> I chose one from each area. <laughs> yeah, no, I like it. Well, that, that, that's look. That's your that's your calling card, Tess. So we have to let you do it. Um, <laughs> second question: Where do we need to improve? Yeah, we did that one. Um, so yeah, right back and attacking midfielder. I Me. think um, I, I I'll see it a different way. There, I, I just think we need to be more clinical. I know we've scored a ton of goals. We just need to be a little bit more clinical um, up front. So that's. That's where I see it a bit differently in terms yeah, of... Yeah, I, I agree. And I think when we spoke at the start of the season, we all sort of thought Ollie Watkins could push on and probably be the first striker for Villa for a long time to get 20 Premier League goals. But obviously, he's he's doing some tremendous work off the ball, yeah. like and like he's doing unreal work. And But it's just, I, I would say, just that clinical finishing as well, Paul, I agree. I think... You know, there's been some chances where the game has been in the balance and we haven't quite buried it. And against good teams or the top teams, that's where you come unstuck, isn't I, it? That but in, in yeah. Ollie's defence, sorry, Paul, just in Ollie's defence, his goals at the beginning of last season weren't there. But when the, re, when the restart happened, that's when the goals started flowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know it's only a few games in, but he's, I mean, he's had, had opportunities um, and not quite, done it in the Premier League so far but he's had opportunities and he's going to keep getting opportunities because the way that we're playing we are creating chances and chances and those goals those goals will come yeah I agree he's, he always has been in patches isn't he as a striker yeah um, and the final one and this is a bit of a tough one which player has underperformed well it's got to be Mings he's just you know <laughs> really Emmy uh, Buendia and Mings, they're just, yeah. I don't know what's going on with them too. I would say for underperformed, I would have said before the Burnley game, I would say Kamara. I think he had a really quiet start to the season and just looked a little bit off the pace. And obviously with Tielemans uh, on the bench, I was surprised he hadn't 
sort of swapped it out. But in fairness to Emery, he stuck with him and he was class against Burnley. I really enjoyed watching Kamara and just back to his old self, just dominating. I think it's really too early as well to sort of determine who's underperforming at the moment. I think that some of these players do do need a few games to sort of get settled in. Well, Kamara, uh, sorry, uh, not DRB, obviously, but some players do need a bit of time and a few matches to start get going. I don't think anyone in the team really so far in the Premier League has underperformed as such yet. I, d- I think it's it's too early to tell. I just think with Kamara, though, his standard, he set the standards last season and we know where he can play and we know he's probably one of our best on his day. And I just I just feel like the first three games, he probably just didn't hit those those lofty heights that we're used to. But like you say, it is early doors, but I just expect so much from him now because he's just, a, yeah, he's just a beast. He's a fantastic player. Mm. What about you, Paul? Oh, you just I, don't DRB think, and, and, I, don't, you, I don't think anyone's underperformed. Yeah, I, I really don't. I, I, not only is it too early, but where we're sitting right now, I, I'd be. It's a great question. It, I just think I'd be pretty harsh to to try and find someone who's underperformed. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I just don't. I think it's way too early to 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 tell, to be honest. And and what we don't want to do is, um, you know, get that talk around because. Underperformance kind of means that we're singling people out, doesn't it? And it kind of brings out a sort of negativity in a way to which you know people. Some people may jump on, and some and and some may not. Um, but yeah, at the moment, yeah. Sorry, there's just there isn't anybody that I think is underperformed. Even Olsen made a fantastic save um, the other day as well. That was so. a strong- Strong side, that strong hand. It was good. So he was getting better, but as as the game went on, I think he yeah. did this kick out one time, and um, Emery absolutely lost the plot. He absolutely lost it with him. Um, but then after that, everything seemed to be a bit more measured and stuff. So I, I, I don't want to point him out as the underperformer. I still really worry. I was really watching his position play when I watched the game back, and he is still so hesitant on on coming out. He goes forward. He come. You watch. It's like doing a really um, bad dance. He comes forward a couple of steps, then he goes back a couple of steps. You, you, even when he did that good save, he can't, his positioning beforehand wasn't fantastic. Yeah, he doesn't have good positioning, and I noticed mm. that through the game. He came out a few times. He looked like he was, you know, the ball was crossed, and he was at the near post when the ball was going to the far post, and all these sorts of things. We were lucky there, but um, I think while he's playing. Um, He's going to build his confidence up. You know, I think it's always a bit nerve-wracking when you're the second choice and you're having to come in and start playing games. And you probably need a few games to sort of get settled in and get comfortable with the team as well. So um, if he's got a couple more games to go, I think we should just back him. Yeah. Guys, I'm just conscious of the time and we've got two games coming up. So I don't think we'll really go over the Hibs game in terms of doing a preview. Um, So what I might do is ask a score there for you, uh, from you. 3 0 uh, Villa. Uh, a respectful 4 1. 4 1. Okay, mm. Ryan. 3 0 Villa. <clears throat> I've got 3 0 Villa as well. I reckon Emery will be disappointed if we concede a goal. Yes. Um, he will. And, and, <laughs> and I think that's what I honestly think this game against Hibs. I mean, I said we wouldn't preview it, but I think. The, the mindset will be in Europe, you, you can't concede goals. And I reckon that will be one of the main focuses. Let's try and score, but I don't want any from them. I don't want a hint of them coming back into this game. Hmm. There's a good opportunity for some of these players. If we make it um, quite deep into the competition, there's an opportunity for some of these players to get golden boots and stuff, you know, all this sort of thing. And, um, and, and really, really stamp their mark in European football. Um, and give him some really good experience. So I'd I'd, I'd hope that he would put a strong side out, um, in the at least in the very first half for the benefit of the supporters to be able to watch Villa at home with a good team out um, to play Hibs. You know, for the first um, European venture at home for a long time. Yeah, absolutely, guys. We're heading off to Anfield Sunday night. We're getting used to these Sunday night ones. <laughs> we're going to Anfield. Um, that will be our. Uh, without Sergio Van Dyke, who received a red card uh, for his challenge on the weekend. So mm. um, he's got a one-game suspension because it wasn't careless or reckless, um, which um, 
It sounds really weird. I was almost disappointed because I reckon he's. Uh, I reckon he can go at him at the moment, um, and there will be a lot of expectations. Liverpool had a fantastic um, win against Newcastle down to ten men uh, at St James Park. Mm. So they'll be buoyed by that, but they're playing at home. I think the pressure's on them. Yeah, I do too. I think there's goals in this game. To be honest with you, I think both defenses have obviously shown that they can be gotten at in this season already. And I think both teams are very, very potent in attack. So I think there's going to be some goals in it. Um, I, I'd i love to see us go with the three at the back again. I would go the same as what we yeah. did at Burnley, but I would obviously swap Martinez in for Olsen. That would probably be my only change for the Liverpool game. But I, I, I agree with you, Paul. I think we can get at their defence, but they're, they're attacking outlet is is probably right up there isn't it probably second best in the league maybe to man city they've just got so many good players so good test for our back uh our back three or back five so yeah really looking forward to this one i, I think yeah I, look, I, I just want to step in for a second i'm 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 very bullish about this I, I know that they've got attacking options going forward, but I think they're pretty wasteful as well. I think Sellers um, lost that little bit of yard of pace at the moment. He's a trickster. He's going to cut in on his left. But I, I think we're, I think Liverpool's right for the taking. And if we're going to finish top four, these are the kind of games, you know, we're going... I, I prefer us to play Liverpool at this stage of the year away. Mm. I, yeah. I, think, I just don't think we can... Um, I, Previous years, I think we would have gone there with trepidation and worry. This is a chance for us to put a bit of a mark on a on a, on a much weaker Liverpool team. I'm still hearing people say they're going to change for the title. I can't see it. I don't know about that. You don't? Was you don't? You think they will challenge? Or... No, I don't. I don't think. I don't know about them being able to challenge for the title this season. I, the big, the big thing for them is they've lost quite a few in that midfield, haven't they? Those, those yeah. core midfielders have all gone. They've bought in a couple, and they're probably still settling in. But obviously, I wouldn't mind seeing Mo Salah dipping off to Saudi this week before the game. <laughs> That'd be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the the midfield of Liverpool at the moment. There's, you know, a fairly new central midfield kind of partnership. Um, against our, our midfield and um well I think we're strong man. I think like in mm-hmm. midfield we're we're pretty strong and we definitely are a threat um going forward um in attack. We create chances regularly. Um and you know Liverpool's defence hasn't been the strongest in, in, in the last in the last pretty much the last season. What they just just about came above Villa uh, and um Brighton was it? Um last season yep. so um and at the moment if they don't have van dyke they don't have a leader at the back which means that someone like joe gomez um who's is probably going to start and canate was injured and we know that trent alexandra is a is a, a decent player in terms of creating chances because of his de- his delivery but as a defender i mean don't put drb against him or don't put bailey against him or you know like I think we can get at them at that side there um, for sure. I, I I genuinely think it's going to be a really good football match to watch. I don't think they're going to overrun Villa at all. Um, and as Ryan said, I think there's going to probably be goals in this based, and those goals are going to be based on the the not so strong defenses, if you like. Mm. Um, uh, I'd be worried a little bit from their side about Salah against uh, Torres because Torres doesn't really have the pace and he doesn't really have that strength, but his intelligence and positioning normally, apart from the Burnley goal, is really, really good. And his distribution is really, really good. So I'm hoping that, yeah, goals in it, goals in it. Did you want to score? Yeah, yeah let's go to the scores, boys. 3-0 uh, um, to Villa. I think, we're gonna, I think we can beat Liverpool. I've gone uh, a, a draw, fellas, to all. Mm. So I, I have to Paul? decide. You, you've got to decide, mate. 4 2 Villa. Beautiful. I'd be very happy if your scores came in, boys. But I, I, to be honest with you, I'd take a draw away at Liverpool. If someone gave yeah. it to me now, I'd definitely take it. 
But um, yeah, I, we are a different beast now, so I wouldn't be surprised to see us go there and win. Previous years, previous years, I would have been right with you, Rhino, and yep. just said to you, uh, yeah, look, absolutely, I, I'll take a point at this time of year, but if we're going to get to where I honestly think we're going to finish top four this year, I'm not joking, I didn't, I, I was going to hold back on saying, and I thought, no, nah, put your head on the block, if we're going to make top four, we're going to win these games, and mm. we're going to beat a Liverpool team that's not the Liverpool team that we've come to expect. Um, if this was playing Man City, I'd be right with you. Oh, my God, I'll take a point. If we lose to Liverpool, I'm going to be really disappointed, to be honest. I mean, it would be disappointing to lose the game to Liverpool. But provided that we go in there and we don't just let them run us over, you know, like if we compete and we play well and we lose by the odd goal, I mean, it's understandable, in my opinion. Boy, I'm not going to um, I'm not going to go with you. I'm not going to go with you on this. I think... This is the biggest chance Villa's had in decades. And we've got to get rid of this bullshit as supporters. Um, not you, not anyone. I'm talking no, about yeah, yeah. We should expect us to be decent. We're a big club. We've signed some very class players. And I'm, I'm changing my mind, boys. I'm always a glass half-empty guy. This, for us to become where we want to be, this is our year. This is the mm. year. weakest in terms of up the top of the Premier League in many, many years. You've got Man City are going to be right there and Arsenal are going to be right there and the rest is up for grabs. It really mm. is up for grabs. Yeah, I agree. It's wide open this season. I think so too. But I just, yeah, I, I'd be happy. Like, as I said, I think Villa are going to win this game. I think we can we can definitely go out there and beat Liverpool. I think they have weaknesses at the moment that um, is there for us to exploit. Who knows? Oli might get his hat-trick again against Liverpool. Um um, so yeah, I think, but again, like if we, well, what I'm saying is if we, if we don't win the game, I just want to make sure that we are performing and they're not running us over and we're just falling apart. You know what I, I mean? I like I just, I don't even think, I know we got run over by Newcastle, but there were so many good things to take out of that game that was glossed over in that first half. If we had been clinical, I was going to say this earlier, um, then that game was for the taking and the scoreline could have been reversed. Yeah. Um, it really was. If you watched that game, and if you didn't watch that game, you saw the scoreline. You wouldn't understand what I'm saying because I think we were right up to it. Mm. I thought we were really good. I just felt like we needed a tactical change in that game, and it didn't happen. Mm. Um, and I think some of the players, Mings wasn't there to lead the back, and so it was just a bit early for someone like Torres and stuff to come in and just fall into place the way that we've been playing because Konza and Mings have been doing it. They've been yep. charged with doing that job. And Mings is, even though he's not the captain, he's by far and away one of the leaders in that whole group. You know what I mean? So um, it, I think that just took a shock. The team got a bit shocked by that because even when he went off, we still played pretty okay, you know. Mm. Um, even Alex Ferguson said it. Did you guys see that? Alex yeah, Ferguson yeah, was, yeah. was surprised by the result because of how well Atfinner actually played. And I, I agree, we played really, really well and we just didn't take our chances and they did. Well, boys, we always do this, um, uh, or I do it every week. But what's going to happen for our third goal? Um, <laughs> to put up, we're going to go 3-1 up. <laughs> It's going to be 12 passes. Okay, started off by Cash to Louise, Louise to Diaby, Diaby over to McGinn, McGinn to Watkins. Diaby makes a run behind the attack. The ball is actually lobbed over the top of him. He takes one touch and puts it into the bottom corner. We go 3 1 up at the 78 minute mark. Sorry, which corner was it? Sorry, which side? Oh, God, which side did I say? Into the right hand corner. Right hand side. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right hand side. So he's walked <laughs> over the top by Watkins. He runs onto it. One doesn't even take a touch. He just taps it in, and we are just in raptures. And it's a goal we're going to watch for years and years. Yeah, it'll be nice to, I think, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching that game. What time is oh, it on Sunday? 11, 11 o'clock Sunday. Yeah, 11 o'clock. Oh, perfect Sunday. time. Please don't ask me to repeat how that goal came about. That's okay. We'll have to listen to the recording again. <laughs> <We've, yeah. And laughs> um, I was just going to say if um, what I might do uh, for our friend here, Mark Smith, is I might reach out to him and just see if he wants to log into my thing so he can watch a game while he's over here. 
That might be handy for him, eh? Oh, that'd be nice, yeah. Very good idea. Mine, my logins are already spread far and wide for Optus Sport. Um, uh, sorry, Optus, if you hear this. I don't bloody apologise. My internet drops out non-stop. We can't make phone calls half the time from our house, and we've got six people on Optus, so I make no apologies. <laughs> and also the spelling mistakes that we have in WhatsApp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it would have been interesting to get Spud's thoughts on this as well because obviously yeah. he's not with us tonight. But it would have been interesting to get his thoughts on it and and see how he he feels the squad is at the moment and and what we need as well. So um, hopefully we get we can all be together the next time. Obviously we're in different parts of Australia for the listeners, yep. and so it's difficult always to for us always to get on all at the same time. Um, yeah. You know, Spud's in WA, you're down in Melbourne, and I'm in Queensland with with uh, Paul. And um, when daylight saving kicks in, that's also there's another sort of thing in, in, <laughs> in the makes, works as well. It makes uh, Tess and I one hour behind um, Rhino, and it makes uh, Spud three hours behind Rhino. Mm. Yeah. So interesting times. We will work it out. Yes. Now, now, guys, how do we get you on Twitter? So, at, at our overall one is at Aussie Villains. How do we get you there, Tess? Oh, so I'm not on Twitter anymore. I'm on oh. X. I'm oh. on X. Oh. <laughs> I'm on X now, so I don't tweet anymore. I post and I repost and I don't retweet. Uh, <laughs> you can find me um, on the former uh, site known as Twitter at um, Cuban underscore Knight. Over to you, Rhino. Uh, Rhino underscore Watkins. Rhino underscore Watkins. And get me at Paul underscore football. Um, we are the Aussie Villains podcast. You can get us through the Love Sport Podcast Network on Apple, on, uh, I was about to say Twitter, on Apple, on Spotify, <laughs> uh, Google, Anchor, however you listen to those uh, podcasts. Please put your questions up. It's been one of our favourite things over the past, you know, 12 to 14 months. And when we beat Liverpool... They can all walk alone. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Boys, any final thoughts before we uh, finish off uh, the first podcast in a while? Just excited for the last week of the window to see what happens. There'll be plenty of ins and outs at, at, across the Premier League. And it's a part, you know, a massive part of the season for me. I love it. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. Okay. One one. Just before you finish, just one final theory on the window, and Villa fans might get upset about this, but I believe we won't. We might get one more signing. Mm. I believe that we're saving a bit of money for the January window. If we're in a good position, I think we're going to strengthen the squad big time. And I think the um, the thought behind that is if we've got a run in Europe and we're high up the table we're still going to be very, very attractive to some disgruntled players. I I, I agree. Um, however, I think that the, the game against Hibs um, will obviously make sure that we are in the in the competition proper. And I think that on transfer deadline day, um, we might be an opportunity for some players who, who want to play in Europe at some stage. So we might be able to get a sneaky little buy-in, I, I believe. I think Monchi's still working on trying to bring someone in. Potentially, um, I've read rumours that um, I don't know how true they are, but Fabrizio, here we go, um, has mentioned <laughs> that um, yeah. Coutinho's agreed a deal with a, a Qatari club, and it's just down to Villa now whether they're going to let him let him go. Um, and so that will save up, that will save some uh, wages. Some and we'll get, away, yeah, and we'll get we'll get a transfer fee as well. You know, um, it won't be too much so that Barcelona get the fifty percent um, is what I'm reading. So if that happens, um, fair play to Coutinho. You know, it hasn't really really worked out for him. Although he came on and did a cameo again and looked really good. And you think to yourself, if he can just have one good season and then you know, injured same match and just like, oh my god, just don't know what to do. So yeah, if we can if we can get something for Coutinho, that'll be another out and a bit more funds in, and perhaps we'll be able to do a smart bit of business on transfer deadline day. Um, but yeah, my last message for everyone is stay positive, guys. Um, it's going to be a great season and a long journey, long ride. Up the villa.
at the Villa. Good-looking delivery in towards Ollie Watkins, 1-0 to Aston Villa. Ollie Watkins with a lovely guided header into that far post. Lovely delivery from Luca Dean. And Ollie Watkins sets Villa on the way in Europe. It's 1-0 to Villa. Glance towards the far side, and has it gone in? It has, and it's Ollie Watkins with his and Villa's second. Now they've taken a grip on this. Ollie Watkins latching on at the far post, heading it into the roof of the net to make it 2 0 to Aston Villa. Thanks for joining us for another Aussie Villains podcast. We had a ball talking about Hibbs and Everton and Burnley and just beating them all, scoring 12 goals, conceding one. Ah, oh, mate, to be a villain, this is golden, golden times in Unai we trust. We'll catch you next week.